0: okay
1: all right well hello everybody i want to welcome you to our event today my name is troy swanson i am uh the library department chair and the organizer of our one book one college program um, i am super excited to welcome ismail el amin to um to give a talk about his um ride share, uh efforts um in business of a piggyback network um, which has been featured on Fox News Chicago and on WGN, and it's growing, just launched this year. And for us, I think it's a really interesting um, kind of cross-pollination a- across our curriculum, where it connects with sustainability, it connects with um, Business it connects with some of our programming classes. I think there's some interesting things going on, and that's why we wanted to, to have Ismail come and talk. So, um, thank you so much for your time. And I should mention, um, Ismail has a, a degree in electrical engineering from Princeton University, which is quite impressive. And so, I'll be interested to see, you know, maybe mention how you got to this to this point. I think it's it's kind of a cool path to be down. So, um, with that, I want to thank our audience members for being here. And I will um, mute myself and turn it over to Ismail. Thank, thank you again for your time.
2: Thank you, Troy. And good morning to uh, all of the students and anyone um, visiting this morning. So, as Troy mentioned, my name is Ismail Alamine. I'm a native of Chicago. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my bio in a bit. Got some slides to share. But I really want to uh, thank Troy and the entire uh, staff at Moraine Valley because as he mentioned, what I'm putting together has a bit of kind of crossover into a lot of different industries. And when I was originally approached, the discussion was, you know, does anyone have any talks on um, climate change? And initially I didn't think this fell under climate change, but. It is one of the purposes, you know, carpooling in itself is trying to get as many bodies into a vehicle as possible to try to get vehicles off the road when not necessary. So this this felt right to kind of reach out. I started uh, back and forth with Troy, found out about the series that they've been putting on and thought that this might be a good opportunity to just introduce my story in itself. So a lot of it's going to be sort of my origin and then we're going to get into what the actual platform is that I've created. So Gonna try to see if I can share. I might just share the entire screen. Okay. All right. So, title the presentation "Carpool the Remix," and it's gonna. The name of the company is Piggyback. So, subtitle is Piggybacks and its origin. All right. So, first question: Who am I? My name is Ismail Elamine. I go by Ish. If anyone needs to address me, you can call me Ish. I thought I would outgrow that by seventh grade, then ninth grade, then college, then professional. I never outgrew it. I'm still ish. Very childish, but it fits with my personality. So came up through Whitney Young High School in Chicago and eventually on to Princeton University as Troy mentioned. I obtained an electrical engineering degree, did not spend any time with that degree. As soon as I got out, the job market was pretty dry and I sort of sold myself as, hey, I can figure things out. I can solve problems. Who has a job for me? And I fell into software engineering, uh, IT consultant to be specific and sort of traveled around helping different companies with the problems that they had with IT, with software, and learned on the job. A lot of what I'm gonna say today is picking things up on the job, picking things up with what's going around you with your own um, surroundings, with your observations, with things that people sort of pull you to the side and ask for help for. That's been my story. I I sort of learned just by observing and, and by experience. Today, I am a software engineer at Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, been with them 11 years now, um, 18 years total in the industry, software engineering, and also volunteer quite a bit. So I'm the director of operations for a nonprofit called Revitalize Black Chicago. And I'm also the chair at my daughter's uh, local school council, uh, CPS School, Skinner North. So that's highlight of who I am today. So talking about carpooling, and again, that's the tie to climate change discussion, and I'm 39 years old. I was born in 82 and things were different. If we're talking cell phones, if we're talking the internet, if we're talking just access to individuals and how much we and I always remember a time where if you needed a ride somewhere, not everybody had a car, not everybody had access to a car, not everybody's car was available. It was pretty common to ride with someone else, to to get a ride to the store, to get a ride to where you needed to go. And growing up, I sort of saw that that declining as I became an adult myself and a parent myself. I don't see it a lot. I don't see a lot of people sharing cars. I've got a large family. I've got two brothers, two sisters, and my wife's got two sisters and in-laws and my parents and everybody's still in Chicago. So if we need help, we lean on help. But statistically, Americans don't really lean towards carpooling. 77% of Americans who drive to work, single occupancy in the car. That means that one car travels one person, sits in a parking lot, travels one person back home. And only 10% as a population of Americans carpool. And I'm highlighting Americans because across the world, different, totally different strategies. And I'm also looking at over time is it just me or is it declining since it shows that it is declining the peak of about 20 percent in the 70s and early 80s is down to about 10 percent as of the 2010-2015 numbers so some of the reasons stated reliability if i need to get somewhere i trust myself more than i trust you i trust the bus more than i trust you i trust Uber nowadays, Lyft, the different rideshare opportunities more than I trust you. Flexibility. If I commit to riding with you or driving you, do I really want to stick that out for the next five weeks, 10 weeks, even one week? I might not like it. I might need to change my schedule. I might need to adjust. I might be going a different direction. I want to ride with someone else. It's There's a... There's a theory that if I get in this and commit to this, maybe I won't be able to ride it out because something changes. Flexibility is definitely important. Then there's the riding with strangers. And it's funny when these numbers came out, the rideshare industry is existing, but it's not as big as it is now. We ride with strangers all the time as adults. There is no problem jumping in the car. Are you Rick? Okay, let's go. Sometimes, are you Rick? Re- no, okay, let's go. Um, people have sort of flexed on that, that sense of riding with strangers not being the norm. And that's what happens when industries change, when there's innovation, uh, when there's things that, that can say, hey, you may not trust this dr- car driving up, but you trust the company that they drive for. So we're seeing that sort of starting to change. But these three reasons, reliability, flexibility, riding with strangers, when we're talking about adults carpooling, this is something that kind of sticks out as one of the reasons people shy away from it, okay? Going back to my childhood. My childhood, I lived on the south side of Chicago, and I've got two graphics here. One is me getting to baseball practice as a 10-year-old. One is traveling by bus, CTA bus, public bus system, and the other is traveling by car. And I like to highlight the story because 10 year old, my brother was two years older than me. So you have a 10 and a 12 year old. I actually think I started when I was nine. My parents were both working and sometimes we would get dropped off by the school bus at home and neither parent was available to drive us to baseball practice. And baseball practice was you know, extracurricular, it was fun. It was something to keep us busy, out of trouble and things like that. So it was important that we make it there, but we were on our own getting there. Parents just couldn't break free from their schedule you know i, I kind of joke about the the working parent schedule and the children's uh, school schedule as being sort of like the hot dog bun and the hot dog where the number of hot dogs sold in a package is not the same as the number of hot dog buns sold in a package and there's always just kind of this offset the nine to five working schedule for an adult does not match with the 745 to 245 815 to 315 schedule of a child it's just it's very difficult to make those line up. So here we are sitting at home, and we've got to find a way to get 20 miles away, 18 miles away depending on where we're going. Sometimes they were games, sometimes they were practice. and you know, we're relatively young, but here we found ourselves on the bus. And we're taking that bus and we're navigating, transferring the bus, jumping on with our equipment, with our cleats, with our you know jerseys and things like that. Sometimes we'd be able to get a ride. Sometimes another parent might be going our way. Sometimes we might have someone that, that doesn't mind taking out of their schedule. So I put the travel by car there as well. And it, it's, it's just kind of showing on a daily basis. This is something that we experience as children. Someone else making sure we got to where we needed to get to because our family was working at the time. So this is me as a 10-year-old. The baseball scene. Fast forward to me as a 12 year old, now I'm playing football at Washington Park, different location, same scenario. My bus gets me home. I'm home waiting on practice. My parents can't come. I got to get on the bus. I got to get on that bus and I got to travel to the, the, the stadium to, to play football. And the difference now is one of the coaches. Takes a liking to me, sees the talent, and he says to my parents, "If there's ever a time that you guys can't get him here on time because we were late a lot, I can pick him up. I'm coming from the same direction as you are. My home is close to where you guys live, and I don't mind picking him up and making sure he gets to practice on time." And this was kind of the first seed for what I've created because this was a, it's not out of my way sort of commitment. I'm already driving that way, sort of commitment. And that stuck with me. That stuck in my head. And that coach stuck with me. And, and throughout high school and college and my professional career, I've kind of given that as a, hey, I'm going that way. If it helps, I can give you a ride. That type of mentality and that type of personality, it stuck with me over the years. And then we'll come back to that in a little bit. So this was football practice, 12 years old. Fast forward again to high school. On high school, my family had moved further south. so Now we're on 129th in Halston, very far south end of the city. And I'm at Whitney Young High School, which is just west of downtown. So this was my commute every morning. Every morning I'm on the bus stop at 5.17 in the morning because I started school at 7 a.m. And I had to catch the bus for an hour and a half before I got a car and started driving late in my senior year and that bus and that train ride hour and a half each way will make you think about your choices (laughs) will make you think is this worth it will make you think there has to be a better way winter time you know I'm out before the sun is out a lot of those mornings and it's just the commitment that I'm making to myself that my parents are making to them to myself about this education it's like this better be worth it And as it turns out, it was working. You know, I'm definitely happy with the experiences that I got through baseball, football and high school, because now the adult that I am, the parent that I've become, I can look back on those experiences and say, the stuff that my parents put me in, the baseball, that was the first time that I was assigned as a captain, the first time I had any leadership. And I sometimes draw on the things that I learned as a nine and a 10 year old out on those fields, When I'm managing my team at work, when I'm working with 10, 15 adults, sometimes older than me, I can sit at those meetings and I can know, hey, this group needs to be separated. That group, you guys just need motivation. This group is motivated by working alone, let them get their own space. I'm picking up those tips as a 9 and a 10 year old. In football, junior high, we had an opportunity to play at Soldiers Field for the championship my 7th and 8th grade year. We won my eighth grade year, we had an undefeated season. I was able to win a game in the social field where the pros play, got all of this great recognition. And that eighth grade year was actually the highlight of my life. Everything else was downhill from that moment, having that undefeated season. And don't tell my wife and kids I said that, but that was the highlight of being a child at the time. I had to, I got to play at those fields. I got to see those sites. I got to be bigger than Just my own little kid from the neighborhood itself and all of that stuff played a role and it all goes back to having the opportunity, the access, the transportation to be able to get to those locations. So now I'll fast forward. I'm a father of three. My three get dropped off at three different locations and I'm the driver. Nowadays, we're working from home, but there was a period where at the end of this commute, I'm driving downtown to my office, and that's going to start back up in November sometime once we reopen the office downtown. So, I have three different drop offs in a seven seater vehicle. We have Buick Enclave, seven seats, three in the very back, two in the middle, two in the front. My first leg, start off at home, the bottom of that map, I'm going to drop my son off. He's two years old, not yet in school. I drop him off with my in-laws. Very fortunate to have my in-laws in the picture because they save us a lot of money and they save us a lot of headache and a lot of stress. So drop him off first, got the other two in the car. From there, we dropped my first daughter off at Bronzeville Classical. Now it's a school we had to test into. It's a school that we had to know the start time of because I have to get from that drop off to my oldest daughter's drop off without being late, every day, this is just a commitment we made to stick it out until they get into eighth grade and Go to high school. So just the testing and the planning out of the schools and everything like that revolves around transportation. And this is, this is not uncommon for Chicago parents to go through these decisions. You know, even can we have another kid? Like you got to think about this planning process or it's going to fall on you. So I'm driving these 21 miles every day. And every time I drop a kid off, I get another empty seat in the car. By the end of the ride, Going from Bronzeville to Skinner, we've got two people left in the car, five empty seats, and I, again, all of this goes back to when I was in high school and my coach saying, "Hey, I live near you guys, I can pick him up and make sure he gets to practice." Sort of thinking that. So about three years ago, I start looking at the problem that we have. Parents, parents need help. Parents need help. I. I have a mentality, I have a, a drive, I, I'm committed, and I know that I'm gonna sacrifice this stuff at the beginning, but not everybody has that that privilege. Parents are rushed, we're busy. We call it work-life balance. We don't call it a life-work balance, where job comes first. We have to make sure we're taking care of the job. So a lot of times we're taking those calls and we're taking those meetings and we're taking those those interviews and taking on all of that responsibility because. The job pays the bills. The job is where the money's gonna come from. We have the added inconvenience of COVID over the last two years. You know, when I started this three years ago, COVID wasn't, you know, even even publicized, but as it came about, it really made me take a pivot into the way I was thinking things. Parents are multitasking. You know, we've got a ton going on. This this schedule that we have, it's in addition to being able to work out, it's in addition to being able to socialize, it's in addition to having some type of interaction outside of your your busy parent life and your busy uh, work life. And we, we want to take on different things. We want to travel. We want to do, you know, fine dining, experience the city we live in, have some type of fun, and sometimes just take a break and do nothing. We have a lot that we want to take care of. We can pay for help. It's possible to get your, your private chefs, it's possible to have a private driver. It's possible to have uh, someone that's kicking your butt in a boot camp and helping you with working out, staying in shape and staying fit. And all of that comes at a cost. All of that. There's a price. to. It. Nobody is out there. Offering up these services to help your life out. You're not helping their life out. And those with the means, they may be able to juggle it. They may be able to balance and say, hey, look. I'm just gonna go ahead and pay the professionals to do this stuff because I need to do that. That's more of a priority. But majority of people don't have that type of disposable income. So we find ourselves juggling, stuck, losing sleep. And it's a bit unbearable for some people. Again, parents are busy. That's in there twice. Don't forget about parents being busy. And we go back to the beginning with this carpool. Strangers are scary. So it's difficult. To reach out, even though we know every parent we're talking to goes through the same experience, it is very difficult to reach out and say, hey, do you think we can help each other out? Do you think you can do this and I can do that? Maybe we share days and pick the times when we help each other out. It is a very difficult conversation to kick up, and I know because I have tried it for years. Before I put this into an online platform, I tried the physical approach and said, hey, I pass your car on the highway. I know you're driving from this point for the next 30 minutes the same path as me. Do you think we could work something out where I drive your kid you drive mine? It hasn't worked too well. I'll say that. So what I created after trying a few different approaches to get strangers to not be so strange together, I thought of an online platform this online platform be a meeting place for parents that are looking to carpool with their children. It's entering your overlapping driving patterns, similar to what my football coach told my parents, hey, I live right down the street from you guys, I drive past your place all the time, on my way to practice, I can pick him up. The drivers are background checked. Security, security, security. That piece about driving with a stranger, it might work for an adult when you talk about a kid, five, seven, 12 years old, nobody is comfortable putting their child in harm's way when the person is not background checked. And the typical background check, it can catch a lot of flags, it can you know, throw a lot of security checks out there. But what I've added on an additional basis is after the background check, the families meet in person, before they agree to work together. Before the first ride happens, sit down with the person, have lunch, meet them at their home, check out how they drive, get a sample of how they drive, have the children meet the parent, have the other child meet the parent. Is there anyone else in the household who we can talk to? Whatever screening process is necessary for the riders to be comfortable, for the parents to be comfortable with that driver, let's make that happen. We don't want it relied on my checklist. We want it relied on the customer's checklist. So once they've gotten that security piece and on top of that, the background check provided by piggyback, that's when the match becomes official and they can start scheduling rides. The driver for another family earns points for sending their own child. There is no cash payment for the driving side of things. The idea is, you're along my way, I was going that way anyway, come on in. And there is a payment system and points. Those points are only usable if the parent that does the drive wants to send their parents. So my coach, going back to my football days, my coach giving me a ride to practice. If we were riding on piggyback, my coach would be getting paid piggyback points, and that's only usable if my coach has a child that they'd like to send somewhere else on a different date. So that's important to know. All of the ride shares, all the existing competition, all of the paid drivers, all of the van services, they are paying professional drivers a fee a rate in order to do their driving. And that bumps people out of the pay scale that piggyback is offering, piggyback is very affordable because it's throwing a little bit of money at the families that are already in route for what they're driving we are priced to include everyone we're creating access for those families that otherwise would not have been able to go to that school otherwise would not have been able to get into that dance studio that karate dojo to travel to that music studio because It's out of range. It's too far and my job is not letting me or I don't have a job or we don't have a vehicle or there's other children in the families and I need to focus on them, you're on your own. There's a myriad of reasons out there why decisions are being made not to enroll students in one school or engage them in certain activities. We're trying to take transportation out of that excuse. Take that as one more reason that we can take off the table because if you've got parents that are already driving that route, we don't have to worry about the boundaries, the borderlines. We don't have a bus that drives that many miles or that's out of our coverage area. The coverage area for piggyback is where parents are already driving. You know, take you back to the maps that I was driving as a child and I was riding as a child. Realistically, there are no boundaries to what is available out there. So bringing us back to the impact on the environment, you're talking climate change, that's the, the theme of the series. I did an analysis two years ago of my, my daughter's school. This is my oldest daughter. She's been there, this is her fourth year. We put out a directory of where all of the different families within the school live. And some of those families, they will list if they're accepting to carpool. So what I did was I took the addresses of all of the publicly displayed addresses of the families and I mapped out. How many miles that family drives to or from school every morning. And there's a total of over 2000 miles every morning. And I took the duration of those rides, those parents, of so 500 families drive about 240 hours every morning on the road. And in a week. That's 10,800 miles if they drive just in the morning commute in one week. And if you look at what the average car emits, roughly four metric tons of carbon dioxide in one week, just driving in the morning. Compare that to the average vehicle, which is letting out 4.6 tons in a single year. That's, That's one morning for one week our school is putting out the equivalent of one vehicle for a single year while everyone is riding in one car. And I'm using those numbers just to point out, these are small rides. These, these are, I have one of the longest commutes and our ride is 18 miles from home, from the school. So this is not, this is not talking, you know, long distance truck driver mileage. This is just a lot of families making that same short commute repeatedly every day every morning taking those trips where we could condense that down we could condense that down just the one class that my daughter was in at the time if we drove if we were to use a process like piggyback to determine the overlapping routes 50 of those vehicles total 20 of them have overlapping routes so we're able to knock that down From 50 vehicles on the road every day to 30 vehicles on the road every day if we start talking about some type of a carpool option. And that's just the people that overlap. If we start to say who's willing to go out of their way, that's a totally different thing. But that's just knocking that down by 30 in one class. knocking it down by 20 in one class, and those are the approaches that I've made to some of the parents as sort of if we look at this as. It may be inconvenient to me as an individual to come along and say, okay, I'm going to take an extra kid. I'm going to take an extra kid. I'm going to go out of my way five minutes and grab this child and take them to the same destination as my daughter. As an environment, what we're putting on, this is the impact that it can have if we start to think outside of our own individual scope and at what we're doing for the environment and for the community. Okay.
0: Another piece
2: is the safety factor. I'm a data nerd, started looking at the data as I was putting this stuff together, and the 2016 Department of Transportation, Illinois data, they shared me their their raw data of accident instances within the state. Statewide, an accident, the time that it happened, the day of the week, the the, uh, time of day, and what the road conditions were. And I took out any road conditions where it was rainy and I said, okay, I'm gonna plot this. So you're a nerd like me, you can follow along. If not, just look at the pretty colors. So our orange at the bottom, these are Fridays in the year of 2016 where there was no school. That includes summer, that includes any holiday, Christmas breaks, things like that. When there's no school, our orange line at the bottom is the number of accidents that happen by time of day. And we see a hump around seven to 8 a.m. and then we see a little bit of a hump between maybe four and 5 p.m. Those would be our rush hour times and that makes a little bit of sense. If we ignore the blue line at the top for a bit and we just look at the gray, the gray would be where those lines should be if every Friday was no school. If we took that orange line and extrapolated out 52 weeks, it would be as high as the gray line. What we see instead is the blue line. The blue line is where the Fridays where school is in session. School is in session. The only difference between the blue and the gray is the extra vehicles on the road because school is in session. That many accidents are happening because of that extra traffic. And with that traffic comes the road rage and comes to personalities and comes to rushing and the texting and I was on a business call and my kids gotta get there because I gotta get here. Those numbers, those spikes that we see in the AM and the PM, the height of those spikes, it's not a smooth rise. It's not not the gray line. It's those extra accidents that we see because people are enraged and (laughs) those extra cars are on the road. So we're talking an impact on the safety side, as well as an impact on the environment side, and not to mention the community is actually getting closer because now you don't have parents sitting in waiting rooms, waiting for the child to get out of their practice or their session, not speaking to each other, buried in their phones. Some parents choose that time to take a nap out in the parking lot and not engage with other people. We're taking that away because now we're saying, Instead of you bringing your child, what if I did? What if you took the day off? What if you use this time to go grocery shopping? Use this time to have a relationship with your other children or just catch up on Netflix, do whatever it is you're trying to do. Those extra moments that we can grab by, say, let's condense down into one car and and see if one person can take this this time. The next time we can rotate to a different parent and sort of
0: spread the wealth out. Okay?
2: That's the end of the slides, and I can take some questions or I could jump right into the uh, application itself. Um, I see you guys up there from Shania. Good morning, Shania. In Barbados, and the islands, this is something we do originally. You rarely find people riding in their cars alone. Yes, and I, I mentioned that point. The statistics are are based on what happens in the states. You know, the states has a different mindset. The states has a different personality. You know, you'll even see car companies have adjusted the price point for their vehicles and they make a cheaper, smaller version of the car just to make sure that everyone thinks that they can have that one car. You don't have to have a great big car. As long as you got a car, you're good. So they make a smaller version, a lower economy version because it's better to have a car than to not have one and uh, we've seen that over the decades as we become more independent and more flexible and, and just more you know me centric we see a lot of that okay so troy i'll leave some time for questions here
1: sure and just as a reminder for our participants who are joining us you can leave questions in the q a or in the chat and we will get them You know it's been one interesting thing and i don't know what your thoughts are on this um you know i think chicago presents its own unique issues in size and scope especially navigating um cps where you may have students especially if you're getting into like magnet schools like some especially like small town america or even some suburbs where there's like one school for a community and everyone goes there it might be easier to, to grab on but you know, in the city where you have people really traveling along, you know, a lot of distances, depending on where you're going. It's not your neighborhood school down the sure. street. It's, you know, I think that presents um, kind of unique um, challenge and, and that also scales out. Like, think about Marine Valley, you know, it, it isn't a uh, high school, but, you know, we have students that travel a long distance over a big area. So um, i see some, some um, definite connections that could be made uh with apps like this yeah
2: and that's that's some of the point that i made um while we were creating this my, my co-founder and i we both we both were it consultants and we've lived in different cities for different stretches at a time i was in los angeles i was in dc i was in dallas uh he was in richmond virginia he was in oregon you know we we sort of looked at the lay of how the city is made up and he's he's living in austin texas right now the same story that I have about my commute, his version of it is the flip side. What you mentioned about one high school, one grammar school where the kids are very close in location, but the the parallels are still there between how parents interact. He can watch from his window. He works from home as an IT consultant. He can watch from his window as it comes to the PM pickup time. And he watches car by car, garage by garage, open up and these cars file out and drive no more than five minutes and get in this long line waiting to pick up their child and turn around and drive right back home so although the distance is different (laughs) the the mindset and the the pattern is still there there's a is a stay-at-home parent or a work-from-home parent or a nanny or or an older brother somebody's assigned that task of you pull that car out, you go to the school, pick that child up, and you get them home. And it's, it's, it's funny how the different, you know, like you said, the different demographics and different cities and structures and sizes and everything, they kind of still boil down to the same mentality and the same structure. But good point, definitely good point.
1: The different cities afford different opportunities. Yeah, and there's still that mindset. I think it's just maybe an American thing of, you know, my car, I go where I want. Yep. But uh, yeah, yep.
2: and there's definitely James. there's something to be had with that. And the, the flexibility is a big piece that we want to emphasize. When when you're signing a child up for an activity, you're signing up for a duration. I'm gonna do tennis lessons for this many weeks, I'm gonna do ballet until this show in this month. You're you're committing, I'm gonna get them there every week. When it comes to real life application. There's variables. There's times where, okay, it's not going to happen this week. I can't do it this week. I got a meeting that night. So in real life, we are constantly changing our plan. We have a a commitment that we want to keep, but we're constantly changing our plan. So our relationship model. You're working with another parent. If you can't get it done, you just say, hey, that day doesn't work for me. Your contract's not voided. You're not paying for anything you're not using. You're literally looking at them as, you know, each time I need something, can I rely on you? Yes. Can I rely on you? No, not this week. Okay. Next week, can I rely on you? And you're you're making it work in real time with flexible schedule. And sometimes you may have two parents that match for the same route. Or if one can't do it, you got a backup. Or maybe you alternate. Or maybe you bring everyone in on the conversation and say, hey, tell me which weeks work for you and I'll put you down. And then whatever doesn't, I'll have the backup plan. It's making it a flexible enough system where you can make it work out on your own time instead of feeling like you're locked into this schedule, you're locked into this contract and you're paying
0: for it, even if you're not using it.
2: Okay.
0: That's great. That's great. All right. So I've got what I'll walk through now is the the
2: platform itself. Bring this up. And it's not a mobile app yet. Everything's done through the website. So the website itself is www.piggybacknetwork.com. And this is what you'll see on the home page on the desktop. It's also on the mobile version as well. And I'm signed in right now as as a driver that's been approved. So this this is the way it would look to someone who's passed the background check. Um, As you come in as a regular member, sign up is free, but there's certain access that you will not have access to unless you go through the background check process to become a driver. So the homepage, it walks through the different, four different pillars that we can offer here. So you, you would enter your locations, from a location, you would create a route. Once you create a route, you can either offer that route where you're offering to drive, or you can request a route where you're looking to to have your child picked up. Majority of our members so far since we launched in August are sending through the request. We have just shy of 300 people signed up since uh, the early August launch. And a lot of that comes directly from the, the school bus shortages that we're seeing, the, the issues with Parents not certain on where they're going to be returning to office in the fall Uh, offices have kind of delayed their their openings because of the delta variant and just other factors. Uh, Some companies are still determining if they're going to mandate vaccination. So there's a lot of uncertainty on am I leaving the house today or not? And as we have that, the kids have to be in school physically. So we have parents that are saying. Sometimes I used to drive, but now I don't want to sometimes I or I always drive, but I don't want to anymore or I was on a bus service and that bus service canceled me. I'm using a private van and it's too expensive. So we're getting a lot of different reasons and a lot of different parents signing up, but majority of them are signing up on the requesting side where they're asking for rides. We could use a lot more parents that are willing to offer up and say, hey, look, I'm already driving that way, throw a kid in here and I'll go ahead and take those points so that I can use them to match with someone later. Okay? So there's three different ways to sign up majority are going through the parent sign up this is just becoming a member creating a website creating a profile on the website from there you would have the option to become a driver and here's the mentioning of the background check we're partnering currently with um, goodhire.com so they do a number of hr background screenings so they let piggyback create its own custom background check. And what we're looking at is four different things for our drivers. We want a county criminal level background check, which is gonna check any of the counties that you've resided in to make sure you don't have any offenses at the court court level in that county. There's also a national criminal check where it's gonna check at the national level in case anything slipped the, the county check. Because we're dealing with driving, there's a motor vehicle check, and that's going to check for speeding or any accidents that are against your driver's license. And then finally, because we are dealing with children, there's the sex offender registry search. So we're going to make sure that none of our applicants are showing any dings on those four different levels. Okay. Drivers would submit their vehicle registration, as well as a copy of their auto insurance, just so we can make sure that. They have coverage and that their vehicle is up to date. We don't want to put anybody in any uh, suspicious situation as, you know, because of us. And then the final thing is there is a cost to the background check. There's a version that you can purchase where it comes with some points that you can use to ride. And then there's a version without points, but that's $60 with no points, $65 to get the bonus points. And once you get that, it takes roughly a week. We're calling it four business days to be approved as a driver. Once the background check comes back. Once approved as a driver, you're good to help out any other active um, requests that are out there. You would enter your data. And the way we do that, we start with locations. So you're creating a location. This is any frequented location that you have. So myself. I would put down I've got my brother's house in here, I've got uh, the harbor where my father keeps his boat in here, I've got my home in here. You can save as many locations as you want, and this is going to be used to create your your route. so let's take um, let's take the Museum of Science and Industry. So let's say this is one of the uh, locations that we want to save. So you're going to verify, make sure that's the place you're talking about, and then we're going to save it and call it MSI. So once we've got at least two locations created, we're going to go to routes, and your routes going to let you take two of those locations and create one as your origin and one as your destination. So These are the different entries I've made. Let's take Museum of Science and Industry as my origin. And let's say my kid needs to get from Museum of Science and Industry to the YMCA. Okay.
0: So the first thing we're going to do is verify that route.
2: Make sure Google knows exactly where it wants to send you. Now that's a three minute route. So it's going from Museum to YMCA. Now, We may not know if we are 100% on that. So what we wanna do is check the price. And this was one of the first features I wanted to develop into this. Pricing method is one of the first thing that's gonna pop into people's head. They may say safety, but it comes down to what is this going to cost with a lot of different parents. And we wanted to price it out so that it's not going to make the families that need this the most run away from them. So,
0: our model is based on the number of miles and the duration. And this isn't a good example because the trip is so short, but we'll see just how much this will cost somebody. Why is this not showing?
2: Okay. So, that route, that three minute route, if we put that in, it'll cost someone five bucks, equivalent of five bucks. And that's important to show the points that it's going to cost the rider, but also what the driver's going to earn. Driver's typically going to earn 50% of those points just for making that drive. So, if there's somebody that works downtown, that has to get all the way south to the museum just to get their kid from an activity at the museum to the YMCA where they're in after school. Imagine being able to pay $5 to avoid making that drive just to get the kid from here to there. If someone else can pick that kid up for five bucks and you're able to not break stride and keep in your afternoon activity or something like that that's that's why the pricing piece is there and there's no peak there's no surge pricing with the pricing that we quote you for when you request is the pricing that you'll get and that was important to a lot of parents that if they use uber for their child now there's a price that you look at and then once it's actual go time and everyone's calling upon uber price goes up and everybody's getting in, um, in an uproar so we do add the ability to check on the price before you submit your route And once you're satisfied with that, you submit the route, okay? Now we've created a route. The next thing most people are gonna do is request a ride. So we've created locations, we've created routes, and with that route, now we wanna create a ride. So my museum to YMCA, I only need it on Wednesdays. That's the only time this is my schedule. And this flexibility here is also important. When you're setting up a bus driver route, when you're setting up a, a, a ride, uh, a hailed van or something like that, van services, typically they're gonna lock you in on every day of the week. This is saying, I've got a different schedule on this day than I do on the next day. Or just for these next few weeks, this is my schedule. But I need to adjust and I need to be able to say what it's gonna be once things change. So this is saying only on Wednesdays do I need my Museum of Science and Industry to YMCA. And you also can list out the time that you need the ride. So if my evening, if my afternoon ride is saying, I need this from 5.15 to, they leave between 5.15 and 5.20. And they need to get to the YMCA by
0: 6. They got basketball
2: practice that starts at 6. So you're going to say that's the time and the day and the route. And then you can also list, because this is for children that go as small as infants, do you need a car seat? is there anything about this trip that's gonna require the driver to have a car seat? Now, it's not saying that the driver has to bring one, this is just saying I'm requesting one. The driver and the offer will meet in person before this ride happens, so they can hash out these details. But just in advance, if they wanna say, this is a booster seat age child, they're gonna say I need a booster seat for this when they submit this route. And then your content's been submitted and it goes into the database and we start to run a match to see are any of the rides that are offered matching the request that you're looking for
0: okay that
1: is pretty amazing i feel like there's broader and broader applications for this uh besides you know, just kids. I don't know if you have plans to expand so, wider. The funny or...
2: thing is, just about every week, you know, there's another application that that someone's asking, "Can this? Can this become that?" You know, it's sort of turned into a Lego block, and the Lego structure that we can create with this, it's big, it's it's big, and there's many of them. So, at this point, you know, I'm I'm not saying no to anything. I'm I'm definitely you know marking down what what the different thoughts are and what the different um, asks of it are, because I think it's just, it's taking it's taking human behavior and sort of breaking it down
1: and saying, what can we do with this? Yeah, Shani has a comment in the chat saying that Moraine students, especially those live in the city, could greatly benefit from it. And I think that's a great point. I mean, taking public transportation to Moraine Valley, can be very difficult. We we have fought, you know, we fought to keep pace buses and routes open, but sometimes they're not very consistent. And depending on the time of day, and if there's a
2: forty so minute you, gap it, between buses, you know, yeah, the yeah. world doesn't work on on forty minute gaps. So yeah. that's, right.
1: <laughs> that's right. I've been stuck in those gaps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was uh, I was coaching football my first year out of college at a at a high school, and we had a game in the suburbs. And I said, you know, my my home is pretty close to this. I'm on the south side, so I don't want to ride all the way back to the school. I'm just going to take the pace bus. Some towns where the pace does not run after like six o'clock, and I learned that the hard way before we had cell phone.
1: Yes, it's a long walk. <laughs> yes, definitely. we're searching for the payphone. I, you know, not to go down too many stories, but I used to live in Oak Park, and I never had a car because I worked in the city. And then when I moved, when I got the job at Moraine Valley, I thought, well, I could take the bus and you know there, there's a harlem bus but there's actually two harlem buses and if you don't hit those buses yep. right it's it is it's one of those gaps that you stand for a long time Certainly. and uh, it's just not practical so um yeah so this is fantastic i mean i think about also you know i drive to moraine now every day the same route at the same yep. time it would be super easy for me to put in here's my route here yeah. who can i pick yeah. up
2: and we have we have teachers who you know at, at the school levels that are asking like, cause is, can this work for me? And it's it's certainly, my mom was a teacher. My mom would be the first person that says, you know, do your kids need a ride? I'm gonna be in the area. And my mom's in the area means I'm 40 minutes away. <laughs> I'm like, right. you don't have to go out of your way. I'll, I'll take care of it. But that that idea of you've got your set schedule, you know, you need to be here and be here. And you know, most teachers would do fine on the background check because you gotta get printed anyway. So yeah, I think that's, um. I think that's one of the applications as well. And then there's the community aspect that the bringing people together aspect of it, you know, you guys see it at the schools, at the college level. People are on that phone, people are interacting with technology and this puts people in person. This, this gets people to talking and gets brings families back together. Um, my my youngest, my middle child She's in first grade now, but we just went through kindergarten, first year at the school, completely remote, and we don't know the parents yet. And when we do see them, we got masks on. And it's like, I'd like to engage with you and know you better, but it's it's difficult in these times to reach out and say, hey, look, you know, we're cool, you're cool, let's be cool together. And this is a way to sort of crack that ice and just say, oh, the platform says we should talk. What are you into? Right.
1: Yeah, and it seems like those businesses or community groups that actually rely on people coming to them physically could benefit from this, right? right. You're trying to, like like the YMCA's yep. that you mentioned, or religious organizations sure. where people may have trouble getting there, but they need to come because that's yep. part of being there is the, is the goal, right? Um, it seems like, you know, helping to organize this or connect people through piggyback sure. um, would make a lot and that of that was
2: that was one of the thoughts as COVID, you know, crept up, a lot of people froze and were just like, you know, the whole world's about to change. I was in the midst of developing this and it was sort of a, when things get more comfortable, there's going to be a rebuilding period. There's going to be a period where numbers are down. Families are not comfortable putting their kids into this and that, you know, outdoor sports are seeing a lot more success than, you know, Chess teams where you're face to face with someone for a long period of time so there's a, a resurgence now that you know the, there's a potential for the youth vaccine right around the corner and there's, there's different you know strides being made to get people back into their normal swing of things and this is here to help this is here to help because we aren't the same people that we were before the
1: the pandemic hit right it- and to bring it back to that climate change idea, you know, it seems like we as a society and I would say I'm guilty as anyone else are not willing to radically alter how we live, right? We we want to stay where we live, we want to stay in our communities, we still want to travel. And so, you know, one of our discussions this year around these these issues is how we build communities that are sustainable and still be able to do a lot of the things that we love to do and it seems like this kind of efficiency where we can reduce carbon emissions, we can, you know, we can work together, um, seems to be one of those kind of, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but, you know, ground level steps, right? Like very basic that, um, that would, would help us move in, the, in that kind of yeah. direction. And I, I'm not, not going to ride my bike to work every day. I just can't do it. <laughs> like I live too far and, and I don't want to move and I like my job. Yeah. And I, so, I, yeah. I
2: saw some quote, I can't, I can't finger every word in it now, but it was along the lines of what you just said making those radical changes starts with one little small thing and it's it's you know once you start making that small thing the next one doesn't seem so big and the next one doesn't seem so big and it's contagious people see you're doing it they say oh troy he's so cool i want to be like him and now they're riding a bike and now it's it's catching on and it becomes something and and it's a movement after that and i think if this concept becomes a movement there's no there's no star player in any of this. You know, you, you play your one little role. You're helping your your couple of families out. And those families that that can be helped out. I'm getting the just the warmest, softest of thank you messages from the families because there's people out there who had no alternative. You know, I at least had, I had the bus that I could take. I had the, the train that I can take. My first week of school, there's a family that, um, They stay out near O'Hare Airport, and the mom was taking the blue line to bring the son to school an hour, hour 15, and then she stayed at school until he was done. Would hang out at a park at the Target, just kill time until 3.30, and ride the train back with him. She contacted Piggyback. She's asking, you know, is there anyone that can drive for me? And I say, we're low on drivers right now, but I sympathize with that story so much. I live nowhere near O'Hare. I'm going to drive your son. I'll meet you. You guys screen me. I'll be the driver until we find you someone. Because she has two other children. She yeah, well. has a house to keep. She's got kids in school. She's got all these different things going on. That's the impact over those who have the means and can help. There's families out there who have no alternatives who are just looking for education, looking for extracurriculars, looking for ways to, to better their family. And I think somewhere
1: in the middle, there's that that match. Yeah, wow, well, that's, that's a powerful story and good for you for stepping up, holy cow. Um, and I wanna be cognizant of your time. So I don't see other questions. We probably are at a good stopping point. Good. Um, let me just thank you again for your time. And um, wish you luck. I hope this helps spread the word a little bit. I know that getting these things off the ground and building that critical mass, I think you're probably in that key period, yep. right? Like growing and, growing and, and learning. Yeah, out.
2: definitely. Um, and I thank you, yourself and Shania for, for introducing us. Um, this has been just quite a ride. And where we started months ago and where I've gotten to this point, like, I'm, I'm excited and definitely happy to, to share some updates as we get them if, if there's another opportunity.
1: Well, when this explodes and we can say, we knew him when, you know, rem- remember us, remember us. <laughs> do. So, uh, Appreciate it. This is this is great work. So I wanted to say thank you. And thank you to our participants um, who are here. And I will, uh, we will post this online and send it around. So thank you. Thank, thank you, everyone. Take care.